construction industry in Ottawa, the past few years have been boom time. Some have called this the golden era in development and construction in Ottawa, highlighted with mega projects like LRT, Parliament Hill renovations, highway expansion, and a general growth in multi-residential and commercial buildings. Will COVID-19 change all of that for Ottawa's construction sector? That answer on this episode of Coping with COVID-19. This episode of Coping with COVID-19 podcast is brought to you by BrightSky, an Ottawa-based company offering the ultimate in cloud and cybersecurity for Canadian businesses. And in about 10 days, we'll have a full video on YouTube dedicated to cybersecurity. Check that out on our YouTube channel. Hello and welcome to Ottawa Business Journal's continuing coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic. My name is Michael Curran from the Ottawa Business Journal. In this episode, we turn our attention to a business sector that quite literally lays the foundation for economic growth in Ottawa. I'm referring to the construction sector. We've gathered a great panel for today's discussion. It's a panel that demonstrates both the diversity and the size of the construction sector. Let me introduce them now. Uh, our first panelist is wearing two hats today, maybe two hard hats. He is the chair of the Ottawa Construction Association, which dates back to 1889, if you can believe it. It includes 1,100 local companies, and those companies responsible for $3 billion in construction activity. He's also the president and CEO of Dilfo, a second-generation uh, company with 30 years' experience as mechanical contractors. Please welcome Danny Dillon. Hello, Danny. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for joining us. Uh, our, our second guest is president of another long-standing player in the local construction industry, Bassey Construction. This company does new buildings, restorations, tenant fit-ups, fit and environmental services. Please welcome Ray LeCarrie. Hello, Ray. Good afternoon, Michael and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for being here. And last but not uh, certainly not least, our third panelist is a heavyweight in the local construction sector, a third-generation family business with more than 2,000 local employees. This group of companies does a wide range of construction, ranging from road building, sewers and water mains, concrete supply, demolition, remediation, do a little bit of everything. Uh, please welcome Ron Tomlinson. Hello, Ron. Good afternoon, guys. Um, Ron, we're going to start with you uh, and a very simple question to start off. Please tell me uh, a little bit to, with, to share with our viewers here, a little bit about uh, Tomlinson Group of Companies and how your operations have been impacted by COVID-19. Well, I guess when we look at, at, at COVID and what it's done to our operations, uh, we kind of had the benefit of having a little bit of environmental services background. So a lot of the things that we needed to implement and put in place, we had already. Um, when we look at the conversation toilet rentals, when we look at the ability for cleaning products, you know, a lot of the things that we needed to do on our sites, uh, we had an inventory, uh, we had the ability to get out to site quickly, and we had the ability to step up processes. Um, when we take a look at our uh, health and safety group and the, the guys that we have on board, uh, we got them out immediately. Uh, we started putting policies and procedures in place to, to make sure the employees were in a safe environment, and we kept up the, updating them uh, almost daily you know we built a task force inside the organization we communicated out uh, to the whole group uh, everything that was going on during the time how it was affecting people what we were doing with jobs and schedules 
Um, so for us, you know, it was a really good test of our abilities. Um, we've seen the industry slow down in some areas pretty significantly. Uh, but with some of the people we have here, we had the ability to utilize them in other areas, switch them into different positions, uh, and keep things rolling on a relatively decent manner. So, you know, for us, it was a really good test of our abilities. We, we rose to the challenge. And I think in general, um, you know, we're coming out of this fairly positively. So it, it's, it's been a battle, but it's, it's been an interesting one. And, and Ron, just to dig into that a little bit. So, you know, there were parts of the construction sector, as you know, more, better than I, that continued. You're involved, for example, in road building and some, in, some infrastructure type projects, which I understand were <laughs> some of the work that could continue. So are you saying there that a lot of the work did continue or, or some aspects of a Tomlinson group of companies interrupted in terms of operations? Well, when you see what came down from the province on uh, what was allowed to work on the residential side or the ICI side, there's a bunch of that stuff that got shut down early. Uh, but then we started to look at other projects we had and we sped up schedules on other projects and started shifting crews to different areas of the business. Uh, we started shifting crews to, to almost a honey-do list of stuff that we needed to get accomplished, uh, not only for this year, but for next year. Um, in in aggregate operations, in ready mix operations, in in different different business units that we would typically you know do so much per year, we said, okay, well this is coming down. We need to keep our people employed. Let's go, uh, let's go look after this stuff that we're going to do for the next two years. Uh, you know, oh, okay. bailing aggregates out of a sand pit operation. Like, okay, put equipment in there, get them working, keep people moving, try to keep everybody rolling. So to the best of our ability, we did a fairly decent job of just keeping stuff rolling. Now, on the other side of it, construction for us is only just starting, right? So half loads came off uh, as of May 4th. So all of this kind of happened in a time when we have a little bit of a lag in our industry waiting for things to take off. Okay. Ray, I want to bring you in. And um, each of you, as indicated in the intro, come from very different parts of the construction sector. So, Ray, you're about a year into your role as president, you were telling me. And uh, tell me a little, tell us a little bit about Bassey Construction and tell me uh, how you have been uh, impacted by this. Well, ba Bassey Construction, um, being a company of, uh, what, 50 years or more, uh, was started on a simple premise of doing restoration type work. And at the present moment, we're, uh, we're a Ford business line organization. Um, one of which in, includes environmental services and disaster recovery. Like, unlike Ron's company, which is probably tenfold our size in both uh, work and employees, we still, we still, when things are really rocking, we're at about 150, 160 employees. Um, when uh, the COVID, uh, or I'll call it the coronavirus, because um, uh, Dan, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm got a little bit of a history when when it comes to being very proactive and very business-like because my bad project management background so what I did realize in the beginning was H1N1 and SARS really prepared me from the lessons learned on working on projects during those periods and what I brought uh, to Bassey in January early this year um, to our health and safety team was let's get together a plan let's prepare for this coronavirus Let's ensure that we've got something in play that will allow us to uh, to to continue work. Number one, 
because we got mouths to feed. That's really important to us because the, the main premise of our business is we're based on a family type business and every employee in our family um, and business are treated like family. So it was important to make sure that we stayed ahead of the ball as it was rolling towards us. I just want to get Danny in here as well. Uh, Danny, um, uh, you have a really interesting story to tell because I believe you were um, named the president of the local construction association effectively about two days before um, you know all hell broke loose. So congratulations on stepping up under those those conditions you might be regretting it these days. But anyway, maybe you can answer that question again uh, that I'm asking. And maybe uh, the first part will be kind of industry-wide, and then you can talk to us about DILFO. Um, how in general has the uh, local association, I know it's there's such a broad range of companies been impacted, and then tell us about DILFO. Okay, uh, I guess, yeah, it's really interesting because I guess it was on the Wednesday in March that uh, we had the our annual general meeting and I became chairman of the Ottawa Construction Association. And I think the day after the city of Ottawa, Jim, uh, they, they announced that, uh, that we're in pandemic mode. So yeah, lucky me, I'm stepping into uh, this role with uh, this crisis going on. But you know what? I, I think the OCA as a group collectively and the board of directors, we started immediately with uh, phone calls. I think we were doing Skype, not Skype, but Microsoft team calls um you know twice a week how do we how do we help the industry how do we uh promote and and give people the tools that they need out there especially the smaller contractors that don't have all the resources uh so we made a point of issuing out um bulletins out of the oca to all our membership on just facts what's going on how can we help them uh just to be a resource for them so and i think that's that's uh that's been the main focus of what we've been doing lately and uh, trying to, to help the membership. And how about Dilfo? How so? You're you're obviously yeah. a mechanical co contractor, so you're doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're a mechanical contractor, and um, you know ventilation, HVAC, plumbing, and heating. And uh, we're in the ICI sector, so we've been hit fairly hard. So we had to lay off uh, well over 100 employees, um, and most of our office staff. Uh, I moved them to work remotely from home. And I, I have to say uh, to, to Ron's point about, you know, being prepared, you know, just from an IT perspective, we'd be able to move, you know, roughly 50 people staff from the office to working remotely in a day's time. So uh, it, was, it was great that we made an investment in IT and in infrastructure about two years ago. And uh, it was a wise move, not, not knowing that this would happen, but uh, it, it worked in our favor. So thank you. Thank, thanks for that, Danny. And Ron, let's come back to you now. So, you know, if you listen to the headlines uh, this week, you're starting to hear the Premier of Ontario talk about return to work. And it seems like construction is always one of those sectors that he's referencing. So if you were to take a look a few weeks down the road, um, what do you see as the short and medium term issues that the construction sector or maybe even your company in particular needs to work through? Well, you know, one of the things that we're really concerned about is the supply chain and what's going to happen with uh, materials. Uh, how is that going to play itself out with the fact that, uh, you know, we've had a little, you still there? Yes. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. Oh, I just lost you off my screen. <laughs> so, so, you know, we're a little concerned about how that's going to play out over the year with the factories that have been shut down with uh, Quebec being completely shut down for a while. 
you know, where are those materials going to come from? How's that supply chain going to recreate itself? And, and where's that flow going to come through to maintain the levels that we need to, to keep things rolling after we've been shut down for a couple of months? So I think that'd be our biggest concern. And is there a specific aspect? So when you say Quebec, are you referring to lumber there or is it some other supply? Is it so is it the general supply chain or is it something in particular? Well, when we took a look at it, we look at we looked at our whole supply chain. So we looked at what materials we needed for the next six months to keep our jobs on schedule. Uh, and then we tried to start sourcing those materials. And anywhere that we thought there was weakness in the supply chain, we started to pre-purchase materials. So, you know. We didn't run out and, and look for toilet paper, but we did look, <laughs> run out and look for, for water main. And we looked for uh, truck parts and tires and, um, you know, add mixtures for ready mix plants and all of the, the things that will keep our plants and, and our operations up and running. And we started to warehouse some of those materials, that, you know, ahead of time, just in case that we've seen any problems that occur. Okay. And Ray, let's get uh, that perspective, that same question from a Bassi perspective. So, you know, when you take a look at this with this phase that we're entering, which is like a return to work phase, what are the short and medium term issues that Bassey will be facing? Well, the the initial one is the whole notion that uh, the government, if they don't do it in a very phased manner, they're going to create a, a great deal of chaos out in the market because on Bassey's one of 50 odd companies out there that are going to be pulling from the same trades. Uh, that are going to be doing the same type of work. So we, we pride ourselves in understanding that we got a good working relationship with those trades and we're proactively dealing with most of them for some of the projects that we're working on. Um, I'm in agreement with Ron on the supply chain. Uh, most of our work is driven by the fact that our trades have to acquire uh, different components, materials and that to build. And most of the plants um, that are working out of either Quebec or in Toronto, uh, which we've tapped into, are, are, are fearful of the fact that there's a possibility that once everything goes live, there's gonna be so many requirements and requests in the queue that everything's just gonna come to a, a screeching halt. So those are the two key ones. The third one for me, uh, it relies on the issue that's been an issue for the last, I'll say at least the last year, year and a bit, um, is resources. Uh, what what I'm hearing on the market is there's people being let go, being put on temporary EI, employees starting to look to work elsewhere because they've got to feed their families. Um, we tried uh, for the better part of a month, month and a half to feed those mouths. Most of ours have indicated to us that they're not looking, but there are some, like I'm getting inundated with CVs. I can tell you a year ago, I was lucky if I got one or two CVs coming in. Now there's just a plethora of them coming in. So I know that there's a market, there's gonna be a market out there for resources that may move from Peter to Paul to, to John. Um, and we, we, we welcome it, of course, uh, because we're, our organization is expanding, but our biggest concern is rolling out how we get our projects going again for okay. the new ones that we have coming up. So let's get Danny. You you can weigh on that maybe from a from that construction association perspective. 
you know, for so long, um, if, if this is accurate, I've heard about shortages in construction, we can't get labor, you know, not, not enough young people going into the trade. So it sounds like we're in a really uh, fluid situation now from a labor perspective. Do you have any thoughts on what you might see short term uh, or long term uh, or medium term, excuse me? Yeah, I guess before COVID, I think everyone's uh, uh, perception is that we're gonna there was going to be a manpower shortage in the in the city come this summer with construction, especially specifically in the ICI sector. Um, so, is is that still going to happen? Yes, I believe it's still going to happen. Is it going to be delayed by a few months? I think that's that's a fair assumption. Um, another point that I think is important, uh, you know. Um, seen sort of the silver line or the positive out of this is that I think an awareness that has been that's come out of this and the OCA is is, uh, is um, pushing this issue is the the changes or the increase in standards for hygiene and sanitation requirements on construction projects uh, you know improved washing facilities you know that's been long overdue and uh, I think this is an opportunity for us to to make positive change and be the new normal and be the new standard for for construction sites so I, I think there's some there's that positive side of it and i think the other positive is i think it's created a bit of an awareness and appreciation for the construction worker we are an essential service um and i don't think maybe the, the economy realized that that uh, what role we play out there out there in the world um on the on the challenge side i think that um one of the issues we have to deal with as contractors that have current contracts and projects that are starting up in in the near future is the is the the impact on cost. You know, um, clauses like force majeure and frustration. You need we need to be reviewing that as well as um, you know just the impact uh, of activity on a construction site from a productivity and all buying all these new sanitation devices and cleaning and so on. There's a real Im a cost impact that uh, everyone's going to have to deal with, and uh, no one's really quite clear on how that's all going to roll out. But there's definitely going to be some impact. Um, we're going to wrap up here in just a minute, guys. You've given me lots of your time, and appreciative for that. But Ron, we'll come back to you. Uh, you think ahead. You know, some industries. Let's think of restaurants or hotels. Completely devastated, right? They've they've seen their revenues trail off, uh, sometimes between eighty and one hundred percent. In, in terms of your company, company uh, Tomlinson, are you optimistic or do you still have some grave concerns about the next few months? Well, I think I have concerns about what the government's going to do and what the outcome is going to be from this spending and how eventually that's going to affect the whole marketplace. Currently, I can't see how the government doesn't take the billions of dollars that they have set aside for infrastructure spending already and put it to work uh, like they've been trying to do for the last little while, but to speed it up and get it to work. So I think that'll help our industry uh, over the short term. How that's going to play out in the long term, uh, it's yet to be seen, but it's that'd be one spot that I'd be really concerned about. That's fascinating comment, Ron, because if we're going into a recession, you know, it would be kind of normal protocol for the federal government, provincial government start <laughs> investing infrastructure to provide a little bit of a jump start to the local economy. So we'll watch out for that. Ray, over to you, optimistic or pessimistic about the next little period we're about to face as, as far as Bassey's concerned? I, I echo uh, Ron's concern about how the government's going to roll this all out, how they're going to properly compensate companies that have gone through this. Um, I, uh, If you know me, I'm an internal optimist. I'll be the guy on the ship right on the uh, on the bow, 
holding the flag up and as the ship's going down to make sure that that um, that it stays afloat. Um, I, I I tend to to and it's one of the things I've tried to strive here with the organization. Uh, forget about the doom and gloom. Let's react. Let's get things going. Clear your heads. Let's move forward. Conduct lessons learned as part of the exercise. Um, this this pandemic that we've done. I, I'm glad to say that the organization here has reacted very well. Uh, and having gone through it, like I said at the at the beginning, previously, it's really helped. Um, it's really helped us as an organization. The, the the one the one message I want to send to everybody is basically this. It's not going away. It's gonna. It's still going to be there. As good leaders, we should be able to lead our organizations in such a manner that we plan appropriately for it going forward. There's a lot of companies that didn't do that. That just kind of played it as it re, as it came and reacted. In order to really roll through it properly, you have to be ready to to deal with it. And uh, I think uh, us gentlemen have done that. Um, there's a big chunk of the industry that hasn't. So it's remain positive, lessons learned, and do what you can for the people that work for you. So Danny, I guess the, the final word comes to you and you can answer either using that, uh, that Dilfo uh, hard hat or the Construction Association hard hat. So you th this has been a sector, I, I love the point that you made, maybe it was a little bit underappreciated like some other business sectors and we're starting to think, whoa, yeah, that construction sector, that's... Uh, as I indicated before, kind of the foundation of all growth. What do you think is uh, positive or or negative or concerns uh, looking for the next uh, quarter or so? Um, like Ron and Ray, I am I'm optimistic um, about the future where we're going. You know, the government uh, has a challenge ahead of them. I have to commend the provincial and federal governments. They've really stepped up and shown true leadership here uh, and trying to keep the calm with the with the with us. Um, yeah, I think this this is the new normal, and this it's going to be like this. I think until we have that vaccine or have herd immunity uh, to this virus, and um, it's going to be incumbent upon us to to step up and be and offer that leadership in the industry and to our employees uh, for you know for the the distant future, how long that may be until that's that day comes. So uh, that's all the time. Gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, for all of these thoughts. Good luck to your industries. Three great local construction industry uh, companies, and we hope, uh, hope you do well and uh, get your employees uh, working again. Thank you very much.